The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to another triumphant Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And in the late hours of Friday night, the Yankees signed Corey Kluber. What it means for the rotation, hopefully he passes his physical, and what we can expect about the rest of the money before the Yankees hit the luxury tax threshold. We're talking Luis Castillo trades. We're talking other possible options. We're going to break it all down for you. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer them as the Yankees roster actually takes shape. Thomas, Welcome to the Monday pod. We now have 42 men on the roster and only 40 spots. Two people still got to go, but either way, I think you'd much rather be the Yankees on Monday morning with LeMahieu and Kluber than you would have wanted to be the Yankees like last Wednesday with these huge question marks floating over the roster. This is the best we have to feel at this point. We've been complaining for three months. We finally got what we wanted in the form of LeMahieu coming back on surprisingly a team-friendly deal. We spoke at length about that. Um, And now the addition of Kluber, though a risk, a very worthwhile risk to take for a rotation that needs the help, that needs uh, an ace-ceiling type guy like Kluber. I know he's only made seven starts since the beginning of 2019, but this is a Cy Young winner. This is a clear-cut ace for, you know, half of a decade with Cleveland. Um, So it's the exact kind of one-year uh let's try to get to the world series type deal that you want the ceiling's high uh i'm going into this though very cautiously optimistic um i will be hoping for the best i what i picture kluber to be at his peak or at his ability to rebound with the yankees is all good vibes positive but that's that's something we cannot rely upon kind of like the Luis Severino situation he's coming back that's great he's got ace potential that's great can we rely on it no we can't there's there's no possible way we've seen so many things uh not go according to plan over the last 
three, four years. And to think that someone coming off elbow surgery in Severino and someone coming off shoulder surgery in Kluber, especially given his age, uh, we can't these, think these things are set in stone or automatically going to work out. Uh, nonetheless, I love the outlook. I love the potential. And I love the, the ideation from the front office in terms of these moves. But sadly, what we're going to have to talk about is this probably signals the end of Masahiro Tanaka in the Bronx. Yeah, I think it has to. And I also think, you know, the reports dropped on Monday that Tanaka is still seeking $15 million per year. Um, I don't really think you can justify paying that for Tanaka right now, who, to be perfectly fair, the Yankees skipped with a chance to pitch game two, the ALDS last year. They, they, we can justify it however you want. They, they didn't have enough faith in just handing Masahiro Tanaka the ball in game two and saying, we're going to match you up against Tyler Glass now go get us a win even with a one game lead they still didn't feel confident doing that so I would love Tanaka back I think you know what you're getting from Tanaka an incredibly predictable pitcher at this point the one outlier on his record uh, you know as as we enter 2021 is that Astros road start in, in the 2019 ALCS when he was just masterful over six innings or so with a low pitch count they took him out and went to the bullpen I think that, unfortunately, that start feeds into the narrative of playoff Tanaka, I think, more than people want to admit. He was special during the 2017 run, uh, had a solid start at Fenway Park in a 2018 playoff run that no one really wants to think about, and then had that miracle start in 2019. But for the better part of you know 2018, 2019, and certainly the shortened 2020, he looked more like a three or maybe a four starter. Um, the, the games that you always knew you were getting from Tanaka over the years became more frequent. Those four innings, five earned runs, you know, the starts went from the first inning. You could tell yep. he didn't have stuff that was fooling anybody. Nobody's chasing the sinker. And so at that point, it's just gutted out. Hope they make soft contact with these pitches in the zone instead of waiting on a fastball. You know what I'm talking about. And every Yankee fan knows what I'm yep. talking about. You know, four hits in the first inning, uh, three-run homer in the first or second. Just these these games where he was guaranteed to give up one or two long home runs and sort of, you know, seven or eight hits through four innings that you just sort of had to shrug off because, you know, Tanaka's Tanaka. I think the Yankees are sort of happy that they were able to get through the entire Tanaka contract where he was largely effective, where the fan base had a positive opinion of him, and where his arm never gave out. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. To the point yeah. of Tommy John surgery. Um, yeah. it's, depressing to, it's depressing to think about that, but... He was, you know, every pitcher is a ticking time bomb in a sense. The surgery is so commonplace these days that you, if you tell me anyone's going to get Tommy John, I sort of have to shrug and go, yeah, okay. I mean, that, that doesn't confuse me. You, you know, we're no longer in the era of the inverted W's and the Mark Pryor pitching motions where everyone's like, you know, that guy's an injury risk, right? Everybody's an <laughs> injury risk. But Tanaka specifically had a partial UCL tear in 2014 in his rookie season and rehabbed it via, you know, injections or something weird. Came back at the end of 2014, was a really reliable pitcher for that whole contract, was never quite the same guy, was never 95-96 with the devastating sinker and splitter. That's okay. Great pitcher. I think the Yankees are willing to cut their losses at this point. 
Um, when it comes to Klubert, I mean, that's hardly a sure thing. That can't be the end of it for the Yankees. They're going to have to pursue other pitching, and we will talk about that in a second. And I think most people agree that Brian Cashman will pursue other pitching. That's why, you know, $11 million for Corey Kluber, pretty expensive deal. Indicates there was a lot of competition there. We talked for three months about how the Yankees don't outbid themselves and wouldn't be outbidding themselves on DJ LeMahieu. You know, they, they won't. They, they don't do that, and they didn't do that on LeMahieu. So there's no way they outbid themselves to secure Kluber after, you know, a bad 2019, which, you know, honestly was about like a bad month. And then he broke his wrist. So 2019, he struggled for a little bit. And then 2020, he pitched an inning. Uh, so he hasn't been effective since 2018. They are banking on Eric Cressy, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, giving them a glowing report. And, and they are definitely banking on his optimism regarding his client in Kluber. But there's no way they just gave him $11 million to say, we want you that much more than the rest of the league does. We're going to make sure to secure this now. There's also no way that they gave him $11 million deciding that that's the end of their personal road like there, there's no way they were like well we maxed out our our potential luxury tax payment right up against that boundary uh, i guess we're done i i just don't see that happening either seen a lot of discussion about how they've now adjusted their thinking from staying below 210 to staying below the second luxury tax threshold at 230 and that feels more likely to me i just they're they're only like between five and ten million away from hitting that mark at this point and I don't think a big swing on Corey Kluber's bounce back is, is their last move. I don't think so either, but I am confused on the, the luxury tax numbers. Cause I use baseball reference as the payroll guide right now. I think it doesn't have the Kluber deal on here. Does it not have the Kluber deal on here? It doesn't have LeMahieu either. Oh, so that makes sense. Because yeah. I've they seen have a lot of floating stuff. Yeah, because they have, uh, yeah, they don't have Lemayhu or Kluber on here, and it says they have 175.6 million committed to the payroll. So you add in, yep. So you add in Lemayhu, 15 million. That's 190.6, and then you add in Kluber, which is 11 million. That's 201.6. So now they're just under, just under nine, uh, nine million away from hitting hitting the 210 mark. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest reason that I think Kluber addition signals the end of Tanaka is because the Yankees are taking an $11 million risk on a guy who's pitched 37 innings over the last two years. And they're kind of just, you know, the, the, I think the biggest difference between all of this is that we always knew LeMay, was the top priority. We always knew that he'd be circling back. And we always kind of figured the same thing with Tanaka. We always thought, oh yeah, they had a good relationship seven years He's done great work for them. The Yankees, they, they clearly have a good relationship because of you know, the fact that he opted back into his contract. Uh, the fact that he was, uh, he was, I, I think it was very big that he was apologetic to the fans after he got injured. No, no reason to send anybody an apology, but he apologized to everybody, which was nice. Um, organization always relied on him in some capacity to carry the load in the starting rotation. He's been the mainstay for that long. And you always thought there'd be some sort of circling back. We've heard no updates on Tanaka and the Yankees. It's been radio silent. And then the fact that they go and throw 11 million at Corey Kluber, who we do love, we love the potential there, but 37 innings in two years versus a guy who was more or less a workhorse for you over the course of seven years. I think that kind of, that, that's, that defines their stance without them coming outright and saying anything. Um, so that, that's that's my feeling there. Uh, then again, you are totally right. This is not the end of the road. Uh, any other pitching additions that will 
come to the team, I think are going to be in the form of a low cost reliever and, or a trade with the starting rotation. Uh, and then we talked about uh, Buster only recently talked about, I just want to allude to the trades because this, this could be uh, prevalent to what we're uh, about to um, divulge upon is the potential return of Brett Gardner. If Brett Gardner wants to return, I mean, th- th- there's clearly a willingness on both sides to work something out. However, they're going to have to clear some payroll. And the only way they could do that is via trade and only alluded to the fact that Adam Adovino is probably the biggest casualty there, 9 million for next season. Um, the belief is you could sell him as a bounce back candidate because of his uh, FIP and his X ERA. Um, if you're an advanced stats guy, there you go. You'll love it. He's got great spin rate too. His swing and miss potential is awesome. I know his strikeout numbers were down. His location was a little bit off in 2020, but I think we're giving most pitchers a pass for what happened this past season in terms of their uh, lack of appropriate time to build, build up their arm strength and get into the groove quickly. And then you had the whole go stop go and it kind of screwed up everybody's uh, um, I guess you could say endurance or whatever. Um, So there is a selling point there. 9 million a year isn't exactly going to break the bank. We talked about, there are plenty of teams that need this relief help. The Phillies number one, Dave Dombrowski's running the show there. He's already made two additions to the bullpen. I think if they add Ottavino, that could be very advantageous to them. The Yankees maybe eat two to three million of that salary to make it a little bit more attractive. Then you got the Atlanta Braves who are losing three guys in Shane Green, Mark Melanson, and uh, Darren O'Day. There haven't been any talks regarding any of those guys returning. So we don't know what the deal is. Sure, they could return. But if you're looking on the trade market, you're looking at a low-cost guy like Ottavino it's not going to cost you anything. It's just pretty much going to cost you money. The Yankees are going to eat a few million, maybe take a super low level prospect in return. who's not in the top 30, maybe, maybe like at the, at the back end of the top 30. Um, so I think that's the next move, shed some salary. And then we're talking about the big fish, the big guy, Luis Castillo. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, hold, hold our horses for just like five seconds, but, but not more than five seconds. I'm no. not going to hold my horses for that long. I'm, I'm I've ready to let the horse. horses go. Yeah. I'm ready to let the horses go. I don't need horses. They, they can leave. Um, I mean, we do need horses. Luis Castillo is a horse. I'm just talking <laughs> in circles here. Um, it, it, that's real dumb. That's real dumb. You guys can turn the pot off now if you want. I, I feel like uh, you mentioned green and, and O'Day who, who kind of feel like low cost targets for the Yankees to yeah. flush out their bullpen after trading Adam Ottavino somewhere. It's crazy that we can't get rid of Brett Gardner in this offseason where no one's paying anyone any money. Gardner's been like the last, you know, luxury, luxury. I mean, he's like a working class addition to the team. (laughs) But he's been like the last little like, okay, we have this ongoing relationship with Brett Gardner. Every offseason we finish our business and at the end of the business, we just give Brett Gardner whatever he wants because we're the Yankees, we can afford anything. And even in this offseason in which everybody's payroll is so tight, purse strings are, are cinched to the maximum. We're still kind of like waiting around to the end of the offseason to just be like, what do you want, Brett? $5 million? You can come back. It doesn't matter. Hmm. I would I would take him back. It's fine as long as it doesn't preclude them from doing anything else. It, it seems like it won't. It seems like the Yankees are more than prepared to, to once again, you know, no matter their other financial restrictions, wait for people to walk through the door and then add Brett Gardner. But it does feel like the Yankees are not done they are going to add another pitcher. They're probably 90% likely to do it via trade. Martin Perez went back to the Red Sox. You can take him off my low-cost five-starter list. That's okay. I don't really miss him. But, you know, Cole Hamels, uh, John Lester, Jeff Samarja, all these guys, I feel like 
probably a no-go. They're more likely to spend a couple million dollars on the bullpen, hold some money for Brett Garner, and then make a major trade addition. I'm all in on Kluber. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I think you, I mean, my hopes are up. They have mm-hmm. to be up. Uh, it's a scenario meant to get your hopes up. I'm not relying on, in, on him as my two-starter entering the season, but I think no. it's an exciting move. And I think the bidding and the ultimate final price insinuates that other people thought that too. It's not a Yankees only thing. A lot of people are interested in Corey Kluber. Um, you know, I hope it's not 2013 Kevin Euclid's. Uh, but there was a lot more, you know, the lot Kevin Euclid regressed and regressed and regressed and went from the Red Sox to the White Sox and the Yankees were his last ditch to rehabilitate himself and it didn't work. Kluber had a weird month in 2019 and was hurt in 2020, but in 2018 was a Cy Young candidate. Uh, if he looked as good as he did in the workout, in which everybody says kind of he looked much like his old self, uh, maybe there's not even that much work to do. Maybe Corey Kluber is just really good from the jump off. I- I'm not sure. But I'm inclined to agree that it was it was worth pursuing, even if it doesn't work out, especially if it's not their final move. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to dissect the Luis Castillo rumors that blew up Yankees Twitter on Sunday night. And in roll with Coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app. To the uh, current week, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So Luis Castillo, uh, if you believe certain Venezuelan reporters, uh, a deal was done uh, from the Yankee side on Sunday night. I don't know what that means. Uh, deals historically, as far as I know, usually have to be done by both sides in order to be trades. Uh, but a Venezuelan reporter said uh, trade was done and the Yankees were also going to take on a big offensive piece. Uh, presumably that's an expensive player like Moustakis or Nick Castellanos, uh, just somebody additionally. Uh, and then Jeff Passan said, no chance, no trade, not even close. Then the Venezuelan reporter smacked back with, you called us fake news and we reported Corey Kluber to the Yankees on December 2nd or whatever. Uh, Big swing that ended up obviously happening. Uh, And then he also said, we weren't saying the trade is done. We're just saying it's done from the Yankees perspective. Now, I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, You know, the trade's also done from my perspective. I would love Luis Castillo. It more and more seems like this this isn't going to happen. This isn't a match. The Reds GM said, no, we're not trading Castillo. Rumors leaked on Monday morning that the Reds had asked the Yankees in previous conversations about Glaber Torres for Castillo. Now, that makes a lot more sense to Glaber Torres for Matt Boyd, the stupidest trade rumor of 2019. <laughs> but it still kind of doesn't feel, you know, the Yankees are good. What are they going to sign Semyon or Didi Gregorius as a stopgap now? All of a sudden, you know, a couple days after abandoning the stopgap shortstops and the DJ conversation, we're right back at it, uh, trading Glaber Torres for Luis Castillo. I would trade just about anyone other than Glaber Torres for Luis Castillo. Maybe I'd also hold Jason Dominguez. Uh, but this did seem like we manifested this out of nowhere. It got crazy, and then all of a sudden, it walked its way back on Sunday night. Though some people are still insinuating or stressing that it, it could happen. Where are you on this? Did you get your hopes up, uh, or did you sort of stay grounded? My hopes are up, and I don't want to be a jerk because I don't like to blow smoke up my own ass, but we've been talking about this for two months now we really like before, have before any before you even saw anything about its surface on social media we talked about castillo and Hendricks and how they're potentially going to be available and how they're the perfect number two fit in new york so um i, I just would like to get a little bit of credit for starting the conversation because we've literally started the conversation to the point where yankees twitter forced the reds gm to come out and say something publicly so 
I mean, we started the riot. I think, I think we deserve a little bit of credit there. Um, in terms of Castillo's feud potential future as a Yankee, uh, my hopes are up because we talked about this as a potential great option for them to a acquire a cost-effective starter B trade from their prospect hall, which they don't necessarily need. If you're going, if you want to remain under the luxury tax threshold and you can't afford a top option free agency, the next option is to trade your other assets, your prospects. The Yankees don't need most of their top prospects. They have a lot of pitching depth and a lot of uh, um, outfield depth as well. And other teams are going to need some bats and other teams are going to need pitching. So you might as well get rid of it and maximize your window for the next two, three years. And I like the way these, th- th- this buzz has kind of progressed despite the fact that it got smacked down by probably the most reliable MLB insider out there and Jeff Passan. Um, I don't think I'd trade Glaber Torres for Luis Castillo. It doesn't entirely feel right. Do I want Luis Castillo for free? I mean, yeah, it's just not going to happen. So <laughs> you got nice. to be realistic. Um, do I think that's a bad trade? Not really. Do I think that kind of just upends everything the Yankees have kind of been planning for the last three months? Yeah. So don't really find it really that necessary. That's why I would rather do a a package surrounding Clint Frazier, if that's what has to happen. And then you add in a bunch of top 10 or top five prospects to sweeten the deal. Um, do I want to trade Clint Frazier? Not entirely. I love Clint Frazier. Um, however, if you're making a move of this magnitude, you have to take a loss somewhere. And if there's any loss to take, nothing against Clint Frazier whatsoever. I love his bat. I love the progress he's made on defense. But this doesn't really mess with the identity and the you know the morale of the team. He's played in 162 games since debuting four years ago. Um, this isn't like a Luke Voigt type situation where – he carried the team throughout 2020, led the league in home runs, and was very much the, one of the bigger voices of the team. I'm talking about Gio Rochella, who has saved the Yankees. I don't give a shit what the advanced metrics say. He saved the Yankees a ton of runs since taking over at third base. There's been market improvement at the hot corner, um, and his bat has been incredible. When they Wherever they put him in the lineup, it doesn't matter. So uh, when we're talking about, I guess, getting rid of somebody who is a starter on this team – and who has contributed, but not to the extent of some of these other guys who have a little bit more um, of a stranglehold on their position and on their, um, I guess, stature within the locker room. Uh, I think Frazier is probably the guy that might need to go. Uh, I think moving Torres at this point is pointless uh, unless unless you have a better plan in mind. I don't think the better plan is getting a stopgap option and having the middle infield with DJ and whoever that may be Tyler Wade. (laughs) Oh, please. Um, But I do like the direction in which these conversations are going, that the buzz is picking up that the Yankees have see the, the, the whole thing with me is that the Yankees and Brian Cashman have answered the calls of the fans. I don't think Kluber is the move that gets us to the world series, but it is listening to what people are saying. We need more rotation depth. We need more experience. We need some guys who have, the higher upside to take us to that point is Corey Kluber, that guy, we have no idea, but if he does reach half of his potential, uh, six, 70% of his potential from two years ago. Yeah. We're talking that's a number three starter. And that deepens the rotation behind Garrett Cole. And it's much less of a question mark. Now you kind of got to go out and, you know, 
make the stone cold stunner move and bring somebody in. Who's going to be the bonafide number two. I think that's Castillo. Um, I don't know what, I mean, I do know what that's going to cost. Apparently it's going to cost Glaber Torres, but it, you can't tell me that the Yankees can't sweeten the deal here with more future pieces for the Reds because the NL central is wide open. I know that anybody can really win that division at this point, but if the Reds current construction, even if they make the playoffs, they're done in the first round. They're not beating anybody who comes out of the NL East or the NL West. So what's, what's your plan Reds? You want Glaber Torres to contend now and get bounced from the playoffs early, or do you want, you know, a Clint Frazier who's controllable for four years and, a, and an Oswald Peraza who could probably start for you in two years and an Alexander Vizcaino who's you know, a top 10 pitching prospect who looks good or a Luis Heel who's been, you know, making strides in the Dominican winter league. So that's the way I look at it. I don't think labor trading labor tours is really beneficial that beneficial for the Reds or the Yankees. Uh, Cause he's not going to want to say in Cincinnati and he's, what is he three, four years or three years away from free agency or something. So four. Yeah. There'll be a free agent after 2024. 2023, 2024, but 2023. So um, yeah, that's my stance on it. I'm feeling good. Am I overly optimistic? No, but I love the manner in which these have progressed. You know, what's fun though, is that they're talking at red. They're talking to the reds about Castillo. Now reds are demanding Gleyber Torres. The reds think they can contend. The reds are releasing statements about how they're happy to go forward with Castillo in their opening day rotation. That's great. Um, The Yankees need a world series caliber rotation by October, by September. Uh, they don't necessarily need a World Series caliber rotation in April. Uh, they're going to hear the jokes. They're going to take the jokes. I think they're probably going to make another trade in the next week or two anyway and, and sort of render this moot, but not close off the rotation to Castillo or a Castillo type. They need to have had these fact-finding missions before the midseason trade deadline so that they know, you know where they stand with these various rosters. And you see what you have when you'll see what kind of Corey Kluber you have by the middle of the season. You'll know what Cole's giving you. You'll know what Severino is giving you. Probably you'll at least have seen Severino rehab and have some idea of where he stands. Um, So then when the, when the thing ends, um, when the whole like process reaches its conclusion, you'll know a lot more at the trade deadline and you'll be able to properly assess the package. Um, I think it's fine for the Reds to say something crazy right now, uh, waiting and, and, and wishing and hoping. Um, but, you know, the Yankees have plenty of time to build this roster. Now, I do think there are more trade options that are on the table. And I do think it's quite likely that in the next week or two, they do make a play for not Castillo, but a probable three or maybe a four or something or a big time veteran innings eater. The names on the board are, are Joe Musgrove. We've talked about in the past is probably the highest upside guy. And it's probably most likely that they'll make a play for for Musgrove. Um you know, it's going to cost the most if they end up making a play for Musgrove. Then there are the other pirates like Chad Cool, Stephen Brault, uh, even Jamison Tyon, who we talked about when the Yankees were pursuing Josh Bell and all that good stuff. Um, then you've got Rockies dudes, uh, John Gray, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, who's going to be real expensive. And the Rockies have sort of indicated that they want to build around him. Uh, I guess we shall see Marlins dudes. Pablo Lopez, uh, even Sandy Alcantara, that feels doubtful. It feels like Alcantara and uh, Sixto Sanchez are are the one-two building blocks in Miami. But there are other guys floating around. Oh, Marco Gonzalez in Seattle. The Yankees always trade with the Mariners. Uh, do you? Does anybody on that list pique your fancy, or do you care about that? Do, would you rather just wait for the deadline, or would you want to bring in a guy like that? Uh, and does anybody stand out? Ooh, I... 
I'm conflicted because I think if we wait until the deadline and go after a Castillo type, Castillo or Hendricks, we're going to have to really bank on them not performing well because if they perform even better, then they're going to be probably more expensive. I don't think losing a half of a a half of a year of control over these guys is going to move the needle in talks when you consider the fact that they're under guys like Castillo and Hendricks are both under contract through 2023. So losing four months is the other, the Reds or the Cubs are going to be like, yeah, I don't really care. This, this is, this is our best pitcher. They're out, they're exceeding expectations. So you're going to have to pay up. So that's the only reason I'm nervous about waiting till the deadline. Um, in terms of the guys that you mentioned, um, I want another lefty, so I would certainly be open to Gonzalez or Kyle Freeland. I want zero of the Pirates guys. I do not want a high upside guy. We have high upside guys. Jordan Montgomery, Davey Garcia, Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt. Those are high upside guys who are either who have either made uh, proven themselves over the course of one to two MLB seasons or are top prospects and have looked somewhat promising in their debuts. So I don't need another experiment. I need another surefire guy who's going to be either um, uh, a glue type veteran in the rotation or a number two, who's going to be the stabilizer behind Cole and the bridge to Corey Kluber. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. And I would prefer another lefty solely because I like Jordan Montgomery, but another kind of, I, I love the way his season ended. So I'm optimistic about his 2021, but still another person we don't know what to expect, uh, especially based on his usage and uh, the shortened 2020. And we don't really know what to expect out of that. A lot of uncertainty in so many areas. So I want to mitigate any uncertainty. I, I, Joe Musgrove is fine. Um, if the Pirates are going to be hard asses about a deal, then they can kick rocks, just like how they they apparently were with uh, Jameson Tyon. Um, Chad Cool, uh, solid, another guy who needs a little bit more refining. The Yankees aren't good at refining, so I want to kind of steal an already finished product from another team and just throw them in there and say, hey, do your thing. We'll focus on developing the back-end guys and that that'll be uh, the pitching, you know, the, the pitching coach's mission or the coaching staff's mission, whatever it may be. Um, I know Marquez is going to cost too much, so I'm not even going to go there. John Gray has been way up and down too much for my liking, and he's already proven that he can't really be successful in a hitter's park. So I don't know why I would want that in Yankee stadium, which is very much a hitter's park. Um, so Eh, I'm lukewarm on both of them. I'm lukewarm in terms of waiting till the deadline because I think it could blow up in our face potentially. And I'm lukewarm on trading for one of these guys because I don't know if any of them are the immediate answer, though I would love one of those lefties. I, I, I would be open to that. Yeah, Gonzalez is, is definitely my favorite guy on this list. He feels like a core Mariner. I'm not really sure if they'd want to get rid of him. But then again, yeah. how how many times can the Mariners prove to me that they're willing to trade anybody and everybody? So you might as well ask. And all Cashman does, it feels like, is ask the Mariners, you know, do you want to do something? Uh, I'd be <laughs> interested. The issue with Musgrove, like you said, I understand the peripherals are there. I understand there's a lot to like about Joe Musgrove's profile. When is the last time that the Yankees unlocked somebody? 
Never. I understand there's a lot to be unlocked. And every time somebody goes to the Astros, it's like, uh-oh, the Astros are going to unlock another one. I mean, Aaron Sanchez is the key argument. That had a, what did he, th- he, he, th- he pitched in a combined no-hitter and then, like, never pitched again. We never saw him. But, like, <laughs> every time somebody goes to the Astros, it's like, uh-oh, Houston's got a plan. Yikes. And maybe that plan is giving them, you know, sticky ball adhesive to help them increase their spin rate. <laughs> but – Every time somebody goes to Houston, it's like, uh-oh, they're ready to hit another level. And when when have the A's ever unlocked somebody's peripherals and taken them to another level? Uh, I understand there's room for Musgrove to grow, but I'd rather spend my money on someone who has another level to hit than trade big-time assets for that person. And Musgrove is going to cost. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Sort of a haul for someone who's never really performed at above like a 4 ERA level. So if somebody else is able to get it done, then amen. And I'm sure he'll eventually get traded back to Houston. Although Houston already had him and couldn't unlock him and and traded him for Garrett Cole. So who knows? Um, You know, I'd be, I'd be willing to accept any of these additions. I would just, if Musgrove is going to cost X, Y, Z, I would rather spend at a level below that. But you know, if we end up with Joe Musgrove, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to pray and hope that eventually he harnesses his stuff uh, to an acceptable level in the AL East. That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Very eventful week. Uh, hard to be upset with Kluber. Obviously still riding the high from DJ LeMahieu. Go get some more stuff done, Cash. We know you're not done. We're excited to see what you do. A lot of mystery here, and we'll hopefully be answering uh, all questions very shortly. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer your questions. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Once again, please head on over to YanksGoyard.com and the YanksGoyard official Twitter account at YanksGoyardFS. We got good news for you, everybody. Special guest coming on the Wednesday pod. We're going to talk about all things Yankees. Some insider info, I think. We'll see what happens, but it's worth a listen. So until then, we'll see you with our special guests. Yeah, take care, everybody. See ya. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.